to Spurgeon Baptist Church. Log on at 11, our online service that we uh, provide during this time when we can't meet up uh, all together at church. This is also our first service of the new year, 2021. So I will start by wishing you the very best for this new year and offer, hopefully, an opportunity to reflect on what that may mean to you personally at this time. Uh, This is the first time uh, I have led a virtual service and I now have a much clearer idea of all that's involved. So I'd like to thank all of those who have contributed to the content, the readings, uh, and especially Simon and the techie input that makes all of these services possible. Heather and I always look forward to listening, joining in, and singing along. Uh, And we are so grateful to have this continuous link with our church family. To those who have been able to book uh, for the in-person transmission at the church centre, a very special welcome. Uh, There have been so many difficult and unusual factors to deal with in 2020 that looking back on that might only be a reminder of struggles beyond any reasonable expectation. Unthought of at any time, but particularly at the same time this year when we wish each other a very happy new year. Instead, this may be a time to look forward into the new year, a new year of hope and new creation. So Nigel and Nudrat are now going to lead us in a time of prayer with words on the screen that you may like to join in with. Thank you, Nigel. Among the poor, among the proud, among the persecuted, among the privileged, Christ Christ is coming to make all things new. In the private house, in the public place, in the wedding feast, in the judgment hall, Christ Christ is coming coming to make all things new. With a gentle touch, with an angry word, with a clear conscience, with burning love, Christ Christ is coming to make all things new. That the kingdom might come, that the world might believe, that the powerful might stumble, that the hidden might be seen, Christ Christ is coming coming to make all things new. Within us, without us, behind us, before us, in this place, in every place, for this time, for all time, Christ is coming to make all things new. Let us pray. Because you made the world and intended it to be a good place and called its people your children, because when things seemed at their worst, you came in Christ to bring out the best in us, so gracious God, we gladly say, Goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Truth is stronger than lies. Because confusion can reign inside us despite our faith. Because anger, tension, bitterness and envy distort our vision. Because our minds sometimes worry small things out of all proportion. Because we do not always get it right. We want to believe. 
Goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Truth is stronger than lies. Because you have promised to hear us and are able to change us and are willing to make our hearts your home, we ask you to confront, control, forgive and encourage us as you know best. Then let us cherish in our hearts that which we proclaim with our lips. Goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Truth is stronger than lies. Lord, hear our prayer and change our lives until we illustrate the grace of the God who makes all things new. Amen. The reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 16 through to 21. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Hmm. I'm going to do 10 push-ups every morning. Hmm. I'm going to quit eating chocolate. Hmm. Look, what are you doing? I'm writing my New Year's resolutions. Sounds like you're trying to torture yourself. Does not. I've been practicing already. <laughs> One. <laughs> Two. Well, then why are you writing down things like giving up chocolate? Because that's what you're supposed to do at New Year's. Everyone I know writes down things they can't do, then acts like they can for two or three weeks. But then they don't keep their resolutions. But that's the point, isn't it? I don't think so. Well, then what is the point of it all? Hmm, I don't know. Hey, here comes Helen. Maybe she'll know. Hey, guys. Hey, Helen. We've got a problem. Yeah, really big problem. What is it? Well, you see... I'm trying to write my New Year's resolutions. This is what I have to do so far. I'm going to lose some weight, run three miles every evening, do ten push-ups every morning, stop eating chocolate, and that's where Laura interrupted me. Sounds like you're trying to torture yourself. What is it with you people? Anyway, here's the problem, Helen. Luke thinks that New Year resolutions are only made to be broken, so it doesn't matter what we write down. It's true. Well, Luke, 
Resolutions are written every year because people want to make changes. There are some people who write down resolutions without having any intention of keeping them. But those are the people who really don't have a desire to change. So, it does matter what I write down? Yeah, a resolution is kind of like a promise to yourself that you're going to make some changes in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Why do people only write them around New Year then? I mean, everyone has changes that need to be made in their lives. Why only try to make those changes once a year? That's a good question. Because most people think that they can change into a new person just as fast as one year can change into another. I guess the thought of a new year reminds them of all the changes that need to be made. The sad thing about resolutions is that people think they can make changes on their own, and they can't. Wow, that is sad. Oh, that's why so many people think resolutions don't matter. They figure that since they are going to break them anyway, it doesn't matter what they write down. Oh, I get it now. But isn't there any way to stop this? Well, you see guys, the only one who can help us really change is Jesus. At the start of the new year, many people want to break old habits, change the way they look and change the way they act. But they don't even think about Jesus. That's why so many resolutions are broken. If people will give their problems and their imperfections to God, then he can make the change. I thought God only changed our insides. He doesn't only change our insides, he changes our outsides too. He just works on our insides first, and then as our insides change, our outside begins to change too. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I am a new creation, no more in condemnation. Well, 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 well. In that case, I'm going to throw this list away and write down things I can pray and ask God to change. Then, once he takes care of my insides, my outsides will change too. I think I'm going to do the same thing, Luke. I can think of a couple of things I need to change. Yeah, same here. Like not being rude to my friends or helping mum and dad in the house more or putting my worries in God's hands instead of relying on myself. There are quite a few things that I need to pray to God about. I'm going to get started on this new list right away. Brilliant. Sounds like a great plan, guys. Good luck. Thanks, Helen. Thanks, Helen. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Now that Luke and Laura have thought of things they might want to change with God's help, is there anything that needs changing in your life this year? Maybe spend some time pondering over this today. I'll leave it with you. Happy New Year, everyone. Bye. Our Old Testament reading this morning is Psalm 121, a well-loved psalm. And I'm going to read it twice, uh, once from the New International Version and then again from the message, uh, just so we can hear it in a slightly different phraseology. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. 
He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and for evermore. And from the message. I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from mountains? No, my strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep, not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze or sleep. God's your guardian, right at your side to protect you, shielding you from sunstroke, sheltering you from moonstroke. God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. Amen. As I said at the beginning, this is another new year. And it's been a somewhat different celebration this year. Normally our family would all get together. Uh, the house would be full. And it would be a big family shared time together with a feast of food and drink. This year it was just the four of us. Um, so it was a bit like an ordinary day, really. Uh, but still, it was the start of a new year. If 2020 has taught us anything, it may be to expect the unexpected and that our fantastic plans can be frustrated at a stroke. We as a church have known sadness and joy, health setbacks and healing, highs and lows. But I confess the overall effect has been to personally grind me down and to just want that year to end. So this is now a time where we consider uh, if it's possible to have New Year's resolutions to kick off a new year in optimism and resolve. I'm not usually given to making New Year's resolutions, um, as often they seem trivial and mainly seem to do with either eating or drinking. And they're not really made with any conviction of keeping them. But in the last weeks of 2020, significant events happened in the world. In the US, Trump was defeated in the US elections and new vaccines were being launched to start to improve the world's most current health issue. And we celebrated Advent and then Christmas. True, it was in a different way, uh, but maybe in a way not so cluttered with the busyness and distraction, possibly more focused on Christ and Emmanuel, God with us. We seem to hear a lot clearer this year at Christmas that God was with us. But Emmanuel, like a puppy, is not just for Christmas, but with us always. After the decorations and leftover Christmas dinners have gone, after Twelfth Night was finished, all the songs of Christmas being sung, God is still with us. Through Epiphany, Lent, Easter 
and onwards. God is still with us. When times are good and we may be complacent and too comfortable to seek him, God is with us. At low times, when we have setbacks, disappointment or even loss, God is with us. So I decided to remind myself of that this year, that God is with me, no matter what. And in Psalm 121, we have it all. When I need help, when I feel ground down, I should look to the Lord, because my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and he is with me. God is with me, always. This is not an empty promise, but a real hope through Jesus. The rest of the psalm is reassuring that God will protect us and watch over us. But we know we're subject to trials and temptations and some bad things may happen. Even at my age, I still remember uh, Sunday school at St Andrew's Church in Basildon as a child going out from the main service and singing choruses. Uh, They were always happy. And we sang that because Jesus loved us, everything would be great and lovely. But as adults, we know some bad things may happen. But we also know that God still watches over us. Therefore, this year, I am determined to be like the new year, a new creation of hope. Being a masochist, I always hope that Bristol City will finally get promoted to the Premier League. A rather whimsical hope. Sadly, this is a hope I do not have a lot of faith in, given many years of just missing out or a disastrous run of results at the end of the season. So, my new year of hope has to be linked to a stronger faith, not in my football team, who will always be a lost cause, but faith in the promise of Christmas, of Emmanuel, of God with us. At first glance, the relationship between faith and hope may seem obvious. People that have faith have hope. People that have hope have faith. But you could argue that we only have faith because we need hope. Or conversely, people have hope because they need faith. I have been trying to read an article under a heading of Philosophy of Religion called The Interrelationship of Faith and Hope. I rather hope it might help me today. Uh, It's full of very long words and quotations and Latin translations, but I did take out of the article that another word links faith and hope, and that word is trust. And thank goodness that simplifies it. Because it's just as well, if I tried to use that article, this talk would be much, much longer and more complicated, even if I'd somehow managed to understand enough of it to translate things like the confrontation with existential angst of the terror of one's absolute end drives many to flee into the comforting arms of faith. Yeah, Uh, that would be a very interesting point to discuss with you if I understood it. We have hope in a promise, trust in its strength, and faith that it will be honoured. 
It seems this year especially that hope is a word you can't avoid. At Rayleigh Baptist Church, if you have looked at Ricky's Facebook page, hope is eliminated in large letters outside the church. We greet each other with words that contain hope all the time. Hope to see you soon. Hope for good test results. Hope that a new job offer arrives. Hope that the church can start meeting again soon. We lit virtual Advent calendars, uh, candles, and the first of these was for hope, assuring us that we can have hope that God will fulfil the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus. In Advent, hope comes first, before peace, joy and love. Not a hope of wishful thinking. Biblical hope exists as a secure assurance, a trust placed in a trustworthy God, God has not failed us in the past, and we can hope that he will not fail us in the future. Hope waits and hope endures. Not flimsy, but powerful, withstanding all trials and despair. On our doorstep visits prior to Christmas, we witnessed real hope in the faces and words of those we met. While being fed up with the current restrictions and isolation, There was a positive spirit that things will improve, an almost joyful expectation that rose above the despair of the now. We seem to be hopeful people. This is more than expecting good luck to be shared. It's a deeper desire for improvement or good news, often as a result of prayer. We lift up our eyes to the hills. From where my help comes, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Of course, that doesn't mean we have a totally smooth passage through life. Often it's the opposite, and there are times we feel targeted, a bit like Job. Nothing seems to go right. But the big thing is that we have hope that through all the difficulty, God is with us for strength, often for patience, and always with compassion to see us through these troubles, even until the time he calls us home to himself. And at that time, when it comes, we have a sure and certain hope to depend on. We have certainty that God will arrive, and though we cannot see him now, we will then see him face to face, as it says in Hebrews 11. It's easy to take God for granted in the good times and only call out in times of trouble. One benefit of the difficulties of 2020 was being able to share in the prayers circulated on email. Uh, If anybody was watching today that was involved in that work, a personal big thank you. Heather and I have used these prayer emails nearly every day and now set aside regular prayer time together. Before 2020, we would say that we were too busy to sit down like this. But we hope that now this will continue through this year too. So I am resolved to be enthusiastically hopeful this year, to trust in God and to look to him always, knowing that God is with me. I don't expect to be happy all the time or to agree with every new proposal I come across. I fully expect to feel low often and sometimes grumpy.
But being hopeful that God is with me, I have faith that I will persevere and spirits will rise in time. If I think something is a bad idea or a poor fit, just being hopeful is unlikely to change my opinion. As sometimes thinking something is a bad idea is because it really is a bad idea. And then maybe being hopeful to persuade others that that's the best course is something to stick to. I know that 2021 will be a year full of challenges as we plan to move forward as a church and as crosslinks. And as we look to engage again with the community and its activities. This just confirms a need for resolution to be enthusiastically full of hope as a new revitalised creation in a new revitalised year for the kingdom of God in this place. Can you be a new and hopeful creation in this year too? And so we come to our prayers of intercession. Let's pray. Father God, we pray for our world, a world that is still full of wars and hunger and persecution and injustice. We pray, Lord God, that where there is war and strife, you will bring peace and reason. Where there is hunger, you will provide bounteous food. Where there is persecution and injustice, you will work with those that can restore a level playing field of fairness and truth. We pray for the incoming US president and that there is a successful transition there, Lord. That the outgoing president starts to show a glimpse of proper leadership and good grace for the transition to come to a successful conclusion. We pray for our own government dealing with the vaccine rollout and the need to bring infections and the infection spread under control to relieve pressures on the NHS. And we pray for all that work on the front line in the NHS and in emergency services who have been for such a long time, for such a long time, Lord. They have been fantastic and we just know that fatigue is inevitable, but we pray for strength ongoing that they may carry out their work diligently and that in all things, Lord, they know that you are beside them, God with them. We pray for the care and support workers, helping the most vulnerable in nursing homes, in care centres, in residential placements and in the usual uh, peripatetic help where they need to go into people's homes and houses to support. We pray for those who are faced with loss of employment or in suffering financial difficulties because of 
all of those circumstances which have piled up on them in the year 2020. We pray for our local government in Milton Keynes and in Finney and Bletchley that uh, have to balance uh, budgets to try and maintain local services. And we pray for all of those who are involved with our infrastructure and our transport that keep things moving on the road and keep things happening. We pray for the church worldwide as it supports and comforts all of those who are struggling and in need. We pray for the Baptist Union. We pray for our own church leadership, our minister and our deacons, as they plan and try to look forward to a time when we can meet together, worship together and support our community again. And in that we also pray for the work of Crosslinks. We pray for our sister church, St. Frideswides, and the ministers and the PCC there that are doing the same activities, trying to get back to a way of us having communion and community in faith. And Lord, you know the names of all those individuals we hold in prayer through our prayer circle and in our personal prayers. Please, God, comfort, heal, strengthen, and make your loving presence known to them all. In the wonderful name of Jesus, our loving Saviour. Amen. And now uh, we conclude this service with a New Year blessing taken from the Baptist Union website. Open our eyes that we might see the future you have already planned for us. Grant us the courage to see your kingdom, the energy to labour where labour is needed, the wisdom to see when it is not, the grace to be quiet when we need to listen, the humility to receive from others, the compassion to hear and see and love those who nobody else wants to hear or see. Or love. By your loving kindness, make us the body of Christ, thriving by the indwelling of your Spirit, as once again a new creation, bringing glory to the Father. And a happy new and safe year to you all, and God bless you and keep you under his wing. Amen. Amen.